Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. But I love this series that we've been in, in the Psalms. The Psalms just feed your soul, don't they? I mean, I mean, the psalmist knows how every single one of us feels on, on any day, and, and even the stuff that we can't tell anybody else. The psalmist is real and honest about it, and we've been doing this series, and today we're looking at the subject of faithfulness. How good is that? And the psalm we're going to look at is filled with promises. And as we've just been singing, all these promises are yes and amen. But the word faithful, um, think of some of the things that remind you of the word faithful and the faithfulness of God. I've just written down constancy, stable, devoted, unwavering, dependable. Um, We might be feeling insecure. We may be feeling abandoned. We may have been deserted. We may have been feeling forgotten or alone or even abused. And many of us have had those kinds of feelings and may even be feeling like that today. But God's faithfulness is true. God's faithfulness is constant. Um, my mum tells me the story of, of when I was a little baby and something that happened to me as a baby. Um, my dad was working away in Germany and I was born in a place called Middleton in Manchester and um, I was um, just a few days old and my mum ventured out to the shops on the bus with me. My dad's away in Germany, she's a bit sleep deprived and She left me outside the supermarket in a pram. That was fine, by the way. You could do that in those days. So I'm I'm basically very old. You you could do that in those days. And she came out with the shopping. She gets on the bus and she gets to go home. And after two stops, she lets out this massive screech because she's actually left me behind outside the shop. So I was abandoned. I was... And obviously has a happy ending because she gets off the bus, runs like Billio back to the place and there I am still in the pram. But, I, I, it, you know, in life, that's just a funny story, but in life things happen to us even when we're with loving parents who care about us and she didn't deliberately abandon me. But some of us have been abandoned and deserted by people that we love. But God's faithfulness brings us through and speaks to our hearts and restores us and and heals us, as we've been hearing in just recent weeks here. So let's read Psalm 121. It's one of my favourite psalms. When Matt asked me to speak on this, I was really excited. So let's look at Psalm 121. It's probably going to come up on the screen. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. 
The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and evermore. How good is that? Take those promises on board because the promises are only true when we make them true for ourselves and when we lay hold of, of God's promises. So this actual psalm is known as one of the songs of ascents. And the reason is because and all the psalms, actually 15 psalms in this group, the Song of Ascents. So everything from Psalm 120 through to 134 was sung by, it's called the Song of Ascents because they were sung by the Hebrew pilgrims on their way up to Jerusalem. Um, it's also known as the Gradual Psalm, the Pilgrim Psalm, um, the Song of Degrees, the Continual Psalm. One of the ideas is that these songs were sung um, by the temple priests as they were going up the 15 steps uh, that led to the temple courts. And they would sing the song on each step, just reminding themselves of the faithfulness and goodness of God. But another theory, more, more likely I think uh, as well, is that they were sung by the pilgrims as they approached the hills of, Ju- of Judah on their way up to the temple at Jerusalem. So the old city of Jerusalem is um, 3,800 feet above sea level. And the, the city itself is around about 2,500 feet above the Mediterranean Sea. So the pilgrims would, would walk there regularly. Some of the Jews were forced to live in exile away from their beloved city. Um, and they had to make a long journey to get back to the temple in Jerusalem. So regular feast days, they would leave their places of exile, their place, uh, the places where they'd been um, forced to live to go back to the city of Jerusalem. Can you imagine how they felt on those journeys? The excitement, probably even a little bit more than we feel when we get up, getting ready to come to Ivy Church, Didsbury. Because we can come every week, right, Joyce? But these pilgrims only several times a year are going up to their beloved city. And um, Psalm 120 verses 5 to 7 tells us that the plight of the Jews who were forced to live alongside these hostile neighbours and reminding us how sometimes the people of God feel in places of exile and feel in places where they feel as foreigners or aliens. Psalm 122 tells us about the joy they experienced going on this pilgrim journey. And actually, the New Testament talks about us being pilgrims too. We, we are only here temporarily in this earth. If that disappoints you, I'm sorry to disappoint you today. We actually have a destination in heaven. So we're foreigners, we're aliens in this land, making the most of our lives making our lives count, but ultimately our destination is the city of God. And it talks in 1 Peter 2, he says that the people of God are like foreigners, aliens, exiles, because our ultimate destination is heaven. Now on this journey, our task is to trust God. We, we too are pilgrims. And I love the fact that this psalm has some key words in it. It has the word help. It has the word keeper, and it has the idea of being watched over. That the word help keeps being repeated. 
I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And then he answers it. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He who watches over you. He is your keeper. And those are words that are such secure words for us to know in our present situations, aren't they? How many people need help? How many people need to know security? How many people need to know that they're being watched over day and night? How many people need to know that God is their keeper? Every one of us. And these things will lift us above our present day circumstances. Yes, we're on a journey. Yes, we're going to be, um, there's fraught with danger, the, some of the things that happen to us along the way. But God is our constant. He is with us, our helper in time of need. So our help actually doesn't come from the hills. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It doesn't actually come from the hills. It comes from the one beyond the hills, the one who made the hills. It comes from the Lord. But I like the fact that the psalmist said, lift up your eyes to the hills. We need to look up, not down. To look up to God when we're in times of trouble, when our faith is being tested, that's the time we need to look up and look to God, the one beyond the hills, and ascend that hill, as it were, to spend time with him. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. I lift up my eyes to the hills. It's a choice. We could choose to dwell in our circumstances, but we choose to lift up our eyes to the hill. And this is personal. Verse five, it talks about him being my keeper. He who watches over Israel and he who watches over you. He's not just a God of Israel, a God of God's people. He's your personal keeper. He personally watches over you. That's a huge thing to, to believe and to take on board and to know that it's true and say it to our souls today. The, he watches over us in a number of different circumstances and the first one is in the face of fear. Um, we were on holiday recently and um, the, there, was, there was some mag, a magician doing magic tr tricks and my grandchildren were all enthralled with that. And then we got the news that somebody had arrived with a snake and I, I actually literally did a runner because there's one thing I'm afraid of in life and it's snakes. And when they told me about this snake and everybody was really exaggerating it because they know um, what, how I am. And the grandkids thought it was absolutely hilarious because they weren't in the least bit afraid. But I am. There's lots of little fears. There's irrational fears and there's real fears. And we need to deal with those fears in life. Those fears that don't automatically get taken away, although I was spared on that occasion. But in the face of fear, this is where we need to lift up our eyes to the hills. And these were dangerous journeys, you know. This wasn't a nice tarmacked road, although with the state of our roads today with all the potholes, <laughs> we can kind of relate to it. But this, these were dangerous journeys where, if you read in the, the story of the Good Samaritan, which you'll all be familiar with, Luke chapter 10, it says this, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, the same kind of trip, 
When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. So these were like perilous times, perilous journeys for the pilgrims to make. So they knew what it was to be afraid, but their eyes were on the prize. They were going to Jerusalem to spend time with God's people to worship him. And so they went through the dangers, keeping their eyes fixed on him. And that's exactly the same as what we do. And it's amazing um, promises in this, in this, um, in this, in this passage. Um, my journeys are not really much like the journey of the pilgrim because I don't do a whole lot of walking. I know some of you do because I watch you on Facebook and I think Robert Nettleton in particular are out there quite a lot and some other people think it was Andy Sherry I was looking at yesterday feeling quite envious. Most of my journeys are in cars and I remember going to speak a few months ago at the New Wine Leaders Conference in Harrogate and it was a really bad snow and I was coming over the M62 and talk about my, him not letting my foot slip. The car was slipping and sliding all over the road and I had to whack the worship music on. I had to pray. I was so tempted to pull over on the side of the road but I just kept going and there were blizzards and there were gales and I'm going on the highest point of the motorway over the M62 and I was feeling a little bit like the pilgrims travelling to Jerusalem. There's, there's danger on the roads. There's danger on our journeys but we put our trust in a God who will not let our foot slip. He will not let your foot slip has actually two meanings. First of all, literally he won't let you slip. I'm, I went flying the other day and I was going into work and I was trying to get my umbrella up and I wasn't looking where I was walking and suddenly I was flat on the, on the ground, really banged my ribs and damaged myself. But actually, there's another meaning. We can slip and fall, but we can also be tempted. We can succumb to temptation in life. We can fall um, spiritually. We can become. We can succumb to um, temptations and. Uh, Choices to do wrong things. So it's a double meaning, this idea of the psalmist. He's saying he will not let your foot slip. He, you, if you trust him, you won't fall into mischief. And then is another promise. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Slumber apparently is a light sleep and um, a bit different from sleep, which is a deep sleep. Sort of, You might just have a bit of a doze and you're slumbering, but deep sleep is deep sleep, which we all crave. Now, God, uniquely, doesn't sleep or slumber at all. He's awake 24-7. I'm sure you know this. And that really brings comfort. For me, one of the hard times is the night. You know, when you're going through troubles, when you're feeling afraid, the night can seem darker than the day. And you're in the middle of the night, and no one else is awake apart from you not even those closest to you, but God is 24-7. That is so amazing that when you're feeling alone in the night, when you're feeling afraid, God is not only awake, but he's watching over you. He's singing over you. He's, he's, Jesus is interceding at the right hand of the Father over you. He knows exactly what you're going through, even in the middle of the night. He doesn't slumber and he doesn't sleep. And then... The Lord who watches over you is also your shade at your right hand. So as well as times of fear, 
the way that we can really apply this psalm is when the heat is on, when it gets hot. And as in hot, I mean you feel really in trouble and the sun can literally harm us, as we know, there's harmful rays. We have to put on sun cream, we have to put on shades to protect our eyes from the rays. There's dangers around us and God is our shade. The word shade is actually in the Latin, the word umbra. And it's the, the word we get for our word umbrella. And um, I'm absolutely useless with umbrellas. Frank has to buy me two or three umbrellas a week. <laughs> because literally I put my umbrella up and as you heard I fell over the last time I tried to put it up. I put my umbrella up and literally every single spine is broken on this umbrella because the umbrella blows inside out. And I get wetter than I do without my umbrella. Does anybody else have that experience? This is a rubbish umbrella but God is your umbrella. God is your umbra. He doesn't blow inside out. He's, he constantly provides that shade for you, day and night, from, usually from the rain for us, isn't it, let's face it, but from the sun, from the harmful rays of the sun. And it's the best shade that God gives. It's, the umbra is the darkest part of the shade, the, sh the shady bit that's furthest away from the sun. The other week we were in a restaurant with some friends of ours and it was a really hot day and we wanted to sit outside and we had a parasol but not all of us could quite get into the shady bit. So I was sitting half in the shade and half in the sun and got burnt down one side. And that's sometimes how we think of shade but God's shade, God's umbra is the coolest part of the shade, the most, he's our refuge, as Psalm, it says in Psalm 26. God is our refuge, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, I will not fear because God is my refuge. God is my shade. And he's not only your shade, he's your shade at your right hand. And for most people, the right hand is the active hand. It's the hand we use the most. I know some of us are left-handed, but the right hand here means the strong hand, the one that is able to deliver you, the one that is able to bring you that shade and that refuge. He's your umbra. He's your shade at your right hand, the working hand. Also, I think heat here is a little bit symbolic of warfare. When the heat is on, you know, when Satan, how many of us know we've got an enemy of our souls? How many of us know, I don't want to give him too much credit, but how many of us know on days we, we face pressure, we face heat? So this week has been kind of like a bit of an interesting week for us at Rock. On Monday, our phone lines all went dead this last Monday. We had no phones. Uh, there was something wrong with the software, there was something wrong with the server room, it had overheated. We had no phones for a whole day, no incoming phone calls, no outcoming phone calls. Somebody came to fix it in the afternoon. On Tuesday, all the computers went down. Uh, the internet went down. Robert Varnum wasn't there, so he couldn't help us. <laughs> and if you know, Robert's actually amazed. I shouldn't have told them that, should I? Because <laughs> they'll all be on the phone to you. He usually can fix things like that. But anyway, so all the, all the computers went down. 
And then, and we were away in Lincoln and we were back and forth on the phone trying to sort it out because she can't run a charity like ours without phones and without computers. On the Wednesday, I was back in the office and I picked up my mobile phone to make a call. And it's only six months old and it had died. And then I thought, well, if I can't work on my phone, I'll work on my computer. Then my computer got a virus. So I decided to go to the Apple store in Trafford. And I didn't really have the time to go. And I got there and they told me I'd have a five-hour wait. I said, well, I haven't got, can't wait five hours because I've got an urgent appointment. And he said, what's wrong with your phone? And I said, I don't know. I'm just going to go off and pray and I went off to pray and I said Lord I need this fixing because I haven't got time for all of this I went back in turned the phone and the phone just came on and then all of a sudden the computer started working and one of the things I thought of is in life things happen and that was just a small example of some of the stuff that we go through where we we feel like we're under attack but actually sometimes the natural solutions of trying to fix things don't work because it's a spiritual route and we need to look to God in prayer and we need to go into a place of worship and avail ourselves of the power of God because actually there's more stuff going on than we can see so when the heat is on God is our refuge and strength but also in our darkest hour the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night that is such an amazing promise. God's promises are so dependable. And we can take hold of God's promises today. Um, there's a story of a traveller who attempted to cross a river in the dead of winter. And the river was covered with ice. But the man didn't know whether the river could hold his weight. He started slowly to cross. And as he began to move away from the river's bank, he began to feel less secure. So he crouched down on his all fours and crawled cautiously along, hoping that the ice wouldn't crack, hoping that the ice could hold his weight. And after about half an hour, he heard a noise from behind him and he looked round and there was a farmer with four mules attached to a wagon driving confidently across the ice. And he realised then that the ice was going to be able to help him. But you see, that farmer had been on that journey before. He knew the terrain. He knew that he could confidently drive across that pass. That journey would be safe for him. And in life, in this life, if we laid hold of these promises, we don't have to tiptoe through life insecure and worried about whether we can be held up because God's promises are yes and amen. God's promises are true. So I just want to finish with talking about a few things that I think may help us to um, almost do, uh, know what the psalmist knew and do what the psalmist did. And the first one is to rest in his promises. In Psalm 32, it says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. There are some songs that you can sing which will lift, literally lift you out of um, a place of um, sorrow, lift you out of a place of warfare. 
because these songs are songs of deliverance and they change the spiritual atmosphere. I love that Lucy was sharing this, I think it was last week, of a testimony that came of somebody that was really going through something and she, she made a choice to listen to the worship uh, songs that we sing in church, to put it on the radio, to put it on in your car. I do it all the time and it just suddenly, the spiritual atmosphere changes because the truth of what you're singing, the truth of what's being played starts to seep into your soul and changes your mood and changes the way you feel. Do you all know that that's true? But we need to do it, don't we? We need to do it more, not just the times we feel like it. So singing songs of deliverance. And then there's accessing his presence, accessing God's presence. So the the pilgrims had to go to worship God in the temple. Now we can, we can access God's presence 24 seven. We don't need to be in church to access God's presence. I hope we all know that. We can have God's presence at home. We can have God's presence at work. We can have God's presence when we're in the most solitary of places. But actually there is power in coming to the temple. There's power in coming to the church because in the church, when we all worship together, our faith combines and it somehow breaks into the heavenlies and then the heavenlies come down to earth and we feel that we're being set free in that time. So choose to go to the temple, choose to worship God with others in a small group because Accessing the presence of God is a way that we can lay hold of what the psalmist knew, that God is our helper, that he watches over us, that he's our strength, that he's our shade. So going to the temple, make it a choice. And then there's, all, there's, there's so much in here about um, confidence in his faithfulness that we will confess that he is faithful and that we can recognize and lay hold of his resources so can we close our eyes together just as the band come back because I want to just pray over us that this psalm becomes real because some of us here need to know his shade today some of us need to know his deliverance songs today some of us need his presence in a very tangible way to lift off the heaviness of the journey. So let's wait on the Lord for a few minutes as we worship him. Some of us need to know that in the night watches, God doesn't sleep. There's um, some study in here about the sun and the moon and the word moon, the terrors of the moon, which we might not be that familiar with, but actually there's a word here, moonstruck, and the word lunar, which means lunatic. It's linked to the word lunatic. And it got me thinking about mental health. And I know fantastic work that Lily Jo does with that. If you don't know that, go and have a look at some of her stuff online. But you know, all of us suffer at one point or another in our lives with mental health issues. And yet we can know the security and confidence of God. We can know that he protects us 
from the terrors of night. So Father, we pray today that you will come as helper, as keeper, as the one who watches over. Come Holy Spirit. Let's just begin to pray. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.